my guest today is a woman who has walked the path of two marriages and come on stronger and on top of it all. Zena joins us at Blue Citron today to share her story, to let young ladies and women out there know that there is strength in strong willpower, how to recognize red flags, and when to know you've done your best and time to leave and live for you and your kids, if you have any kids, that is. My name is Bimbola. Feel free to call me Bim, and welcome to the Blue Citron Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about a topic, or should I say, a reason for finding yourself. Essentially, the theme is about finding yourself. Hi, Zina. Welcome to Blue Citron. Hi, Bimbo, and thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. So, Zina, as I said in the, you know, just a few seconds ago in the intro, I said that you are a woman who's walked the path of two marriages. And you mentioned that to me already. So I I would like us to start with, we would like to know you, of course. And also, I'd like you to also start with, you know, what led to your first marriage with Mr. Joe. Okay, so I'm um, a mother of three. Um, I'm 46 years old and I'm a pharmacist by profession. Um, I met Mr. Joe, I think I was in college, so he was my first love. Um, things were fine. I won't say perfect, but, you know, um, it was one of those relationships that you grew together Um uh -huh. So went to uni, he was already qualified, he had done uni. Um, and then um, we got married, I went to, I had my first child in my third year of studying, okay. um, but we got through uni. Um, and then just as I um, started my career, then I had my second child. Um, yes. Then we... I think by this time we'd bought a property or two and then um, because we needed somewhere big, bigger because he's, um, I'm a family woman, but he's got, he's one of these type of people that would help anybody. Okay. So I thought anyway. Um, and then he, we, or he decided we should move up um, East Anglia. Okay. Um, which for me, they always say you follow your husband, you do this. So work-wise, it wasn't a problem. Um, East Anglia then did not have enough pharmacists, so work was fine. Okay. Um, but what I didn't know at the time was he did not intend to move full-time. So what he was doing was just be home at the weekend. Um, and oh. I had no idea that was what was going to happen. Okay. Obviously, we talked about it and he was like, oh, when his contract finishes, he would move. But it never really happened. Then we were also desperate for childcare because I had to work. Yeah. Um, then I think one of his friends brought a lady that could help out. Mm -hmm. at, the, at the beginning was fine. And I think when I look back, I, I'm very naive because I just take people for who they are like mm -hmm. I don't I tried to judge on my own and she came across really nice very helpful with cooking so it was just a relief for me it wasn't mm -hmm. that obviously I couldn't do these things I could but it was a lot to work full-time sort the kids out as well 
um, on my own because it was just me during the week. Right. So it was a nice addition. Um, I treated her like her sister. So whatever she needed, um, I gave. You know, I always if so if I bought something for myself, I would ask her what she wanted, and and it went on like that. But then I noticed some changes in her. Um, but what I didn't realize is she wanted my husband. Wow. Um, so let me let me let me pause yeah. you there. Yeah. So, sorry about that, Zina. Uh, what was your husband doing for work that made him oh. not to wanted you wanted to move the family to East Anglia, but he wanted a weekend situation without even communicating it at first? What was he doing for work himself? So he was an accountant, um, okay. self-employed. So he would subcontract from different com- big companies. Right. Um, okay. And at the time, I don't know if it was maybe my desperation to not feel overwhelmed by so many people in the house. Because as I said, he would be, if any of his friends needed help, they would be in our house. And imagine coming from work and having to cook for all these people with our culture. Yeah. Um, But people forget that the person that is cooking also went to work nine to five, nine to six, like all of these people. And this is UK. People should also fend for themselves rather than you having to cook for them. This is not Nigeria. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I didn't mind um, doing it, but then you, you're after a while, you're you know, um, you can't carry on. Yes, you're a human being. Your body gets tired. And I think what irritated me the most was I couldn't breathe because there was just someone everywhere. So I'm like, okay, if you want to have people in the house, I don't actually mind, but we need somewhere bigger because we were living in a three-bedroom maisonette. So there'll be people sleeping in the floor in the sitting room. And it was just a lot, you know. Um, And um, as I said, I must have been naive because I wasn't thinking of, oh, the further you go, the, the more affordable you would get for bigger houses. I didn't think about yeah. all those things at the time. And obviously he thought about that. Yeah. But um, I just wish I was a bit more vocal as to this is a bit too far out from our family, especially my family anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, And your family say, was in London? Yeah, so okay. I've got a brother here. My parents visit, but they don't okay. live here. Um, okay. So you can just imagine nobody will come and visit because they'll be like, oh, you're an hour and a half out. Yeah, of course. Come and visit. It's something we have to plan all day. Yeah. You know, you become isolated. Um, mm-hmm. So with this lady helping out, she, what she started off with was probably getting him isolated from his friends so she'll make up all these stories believable stories because at the time I believed it even though some were a bit difficult so the funny thing was the person that introduced um my ex-husband to her was a very good friend of his he at the time said he was dating the girl somehow it came up that she said they were not dating it just oh. was messy. So they started, obviously, it became an argument between them and they weren't friendly. And I remember um, leading up to us finding the help, this guy, um, so my ex's friend, didn't oh really God. have a job, like a steady job. So he helped out with the kids. He would come and help out. And okay. 
apparently the story this girl told my ex was he must have told her that he saw me in a different way and if if it wasn't for him he would have tried it on with me and it obviously put my ex's back up that's where the problem started and I just looked back thinking I don't ever remember that man ever disrespecting me in any way Hmm. but obviously if you're hearing from a third person that has come from the outside and said they're looking but why would you throw your supposed boyfriend under the bus so it's absolutely very very messy um calculated sounds yeah very very calculated then she would wear clothes that i don't know how to put it even i remember my mom pulling her up on it once saying why are you dressed like this and then it downgraded to she would not cook anymore, which didn't bother me because it was just a bonus. So I cook. Was she living in your house? She was. It was just me, her, and the kids, yeah. Oh, I see. So, and at the she was, was she from Nigeria as well? Yeah, she was. And, at and the beginning, was my, she a student or what was her background? No, How did so she get to the UK? I, I don't really know her background properly. I know um, okay. she came and stayed with her sister looking for work. Okay. I can't say she was here legally because a lot okay. of these things came out in the end. Um, I see. Yeah, so it just huh. it just went downhill. Then what I then it became her cooking at the weekends when hobby would be coming. Is in town. All yeah. of a sudden, there's food. So slowly but surely, I started seeing different things that were not just right. But then again, I am—I will call myself a chicken at that time. I couldn't, I don't like confrontation. And when I had no proof, proper proof, it's very difficult to um, confront um, the situation. Yeah. Anyway, in the end, um, how it all came out was a friend called and said, look, your husband has been flaunting this girl around in London while you're stuck with the kids. You better, you know, open your eyes. Um, and I just had, you know, it got to a stage where I had enough um, to get her out of the house. Her, His cousin that had lived with us for months was around in the country visiting. So I called her because what I didn't want was to tell her to leave. And then she said I did something to her. So I needed a witness but as if this girl knew, before I got back from London with his cousin, she'd left the house. Oh. She'd left the house. Um, oh. But what I then find out later on, that he's put her up in one of our properties in a room. So it just all came out, even though he kept on denying it, denying it. Anyway, eventually, um, it was just all the mind games of you know, him saying all sorts of, oh, if anything happens to her, you've looked at her, uh, you know, gone through her property. I didn't even touch anything. His cousin did. And I just thought, why are you so bothered about her? What about your wife and your children? Then it turned out that um, they were seeing each other because his cousin that lived in the house in London that he would be in during the week just said, Auntie, how have you not noticed something is wrong? Um and yeah, it just went downhill from there. She got deported. He went home to get married to her while he was still married to me. Wow. His sister rang me. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You're, you know your husband is getting married today. And I was just in shock. And 
I, you know, with time, because he stayed away for six months, with time I um, was bold enough to just accept my life was, you know, not my life was over, but that part of my life was over. Was over. But, yeah, changed how much? How much yeah. younger was this lady? Oh, not that much younger. Maybe three right. years younger than me, three, four. So I don't think it was an age thing. Right. Um, but okay. with some of the confrontations, um, yeah. he he made comments like, I'm not the type of girl he would normally marry any me. He liked light-skinned people. Um, <laughs> I'm not light-skinned. I'm dark-skinned. Wow. Um, wow. So I, I did ask him. I was like, "Why did you waste, you know, fourteen years of our life? Why exactly? If he you knew what he wanted, him. why bother? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I, I would never understand it. Um, I remember him coming home after six months, and I changed the locks, and he went mad. And this is me really scared. But as he's shouting, I'm like, "Well, you might as well just come and kill me." Forgetting the kids are right next to me. Mm. And they start crying. Then he comes to his senses. And he was like, oh, I just want to pick up things from the house. He came and he just switched on me. He just decided to pin me down. I was like, you're my wife and you're going to sleep with me tonight. And I'm like, where have you been all this while? Like, I'll just mm. be. I mean, it was mm. just a horrible night. Um, Nightmare. It mm. was. I just lay there, basically. It was awful. Oh, dear. So it's just one of those. Where is he now? Well, I've heard he's married twice over. Um, oh, really? That lady yeah. left him? No, she's there, but he's married somebody else as well. Okay. So basically, he's going by the rule of being a Muslim. I'm, I'm yeah. guessing he's a Muslim. Yeah. So he feels yeah. he can marry for. He's forgetting yeah. the fact that it's clear in the Holy Book that you can marry up to four or so yeah. if you can treat everyone equally, right. which is almost... Impossible. Impossible. Really. So, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Okay. So the lessons that we've learned from that is that, you know, maybe a little bit of alertness, you know, obviously, as you say, you're non-confrontational. But the attitude this woman was already bringing up was enough to, you know, uh, you know, show some red flags for you. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. why is she suddenly doing this? What have you done wrong if you haven't done anything wrong? You know, right. what's going on from your husband's side? Why is she only cooking when the the man comes over, you know, yeah. during the weekend and all of that? But, yeah, yeah anyway, good readings to Mr. Joe. Uh, I mean, yeah. now he's married someone on, on top of her. So <laughs> hopefully she knows what it feels like now. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes these women do these things and they think it's fun. Um, it's not fun. Um, and also more, more importantly is the time to spend with, you know, the children. Right. I don't know why some men do this because they forget that no one stays the same forever and right. we all don't stay young forever. You get right. to a stage in your life whereby you actually need your kids Very and true. then you have to treat them right now because if you don't treat them right at this stage, is it when you're 70 75, 80, is that when you want to treat them right? When they already have their lives to live? Exactly. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard so much about a lot of, you know, men. I mean, I don't want to paint the entire an entire continent the same way because people are different, you know, but these are just, you know, peculiarities when it comes to, I, I, probably I should say Nigeria, and also more importantly, uh, tradition, 
um, mm. you know, a little bit of religion, you know, intertwined mm. into that. But anyway, let's move on to to your second husband, Mr. Doe. So right. um, what was the deciding factor behind you, you know, marrying this guy? How did you meet him? What, the, why did you feel you should marry him, you know, and what happened mm. afterwards? So Mr. Doe, I had been on my own for about eight years by this time. I was back in London, close to family, um, working still, had help this time from my aunt um, who had retired quite early. So she was able to help me with the kids. Um, So it was never about all, um, you know, there was issues with childcare. It wasn't that. But you get to a Uh state in your life and you think, well, you've healed now. Let's try again. Yes, and, absolutely. Because life can be very, very, especially in this country, lonely. You know, mm-hmm. the kids were still young. Um, they weren't old enough for me to have conversations. Well, this, you know, adult conversations with them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was part of a um, direct selling business. We mm-hmm. used to have meetings every, I think it was Wednesdays. So after mm-hmm. work, I'll just go. And that was, in a way, kind of... Um, bringing me back out into the world if you know what I mean the kids work that was it I didn't really have um, a social life and I'm I'm not um, social that way anyway when I'm comfortable with people then I will get all loud and stuff but generally I'm quiet Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. so this was supposed to probably bring me out of my shell we would um, talk about business, we'll read books, you know, just mm-hmm. to encourage you to be bold and um, creative. Um, yeah. So Mr. Doe was um, a security guard for, um, it was a big um, hotel chain. Okay. Um, and he was just very polite. Every Wednesday, he would say hello, I would say hello, I'll carry on, he would carry on. Um, and we just got friendly. That was it. Um, we will talk and stuff. Um, I even remember the day he wanted my number. I was mm-hmm. kind of trying to dodge it because I wasn't just sure at the time. Yeah, um, fair and, enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he did chase me around the hotel that day, eventually got my number and right in front of me rang the number. And I was like, thank God I gave the right number. But then maybe that's, that was already a red flag. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that could be <laughs> just to check if you were lying or if you were not yeah. lying you know in terms of yeah. the number yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean it was a pretty quick relationship because I tried to follow Islam as much as possible I yeah. did nikah so quickly within three months I think it was oh um, okay yeah it wasn't long um and then um uh we got a house together obviously he had a good relationship with my kids at the beginning okay Um, and I remember even the first day the day he proposed was in front of my uncle and aunt okay for the first time my uncle felt comfortable because he uncle just wanted to be sure that I'm not doing making the same mistake I guess yeah (laughs) no no literally they know yeah he was just looking out for you wasn't he your uncle yeah. yeah he was just looking out for me and then um yeah, we moved. Things were fine. I had um, a little girl with him. And it was mm-hmm. from after having the baby, things changed. Um, right. I don't know if he became insecure. So um, he would 
um, go to work, he could just uh-huh. come back all of a sudden and I'll be in the kitchen doing something. And he, maybe it was him thinking I'm doing something else. So he would just turn up and he'd be like, oh, I, I couldn't go today. I didn't feel well enough. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. Just call work. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, later on, you realize that actually he didn't trust me. Um, right. I just didn't understand it because I I know I'd never given him cause to worry not to and, trust you exactly I've been on my own for eight years why wouldn't I have done it then why now um there were just so many reasons for him not to feel that type of way I was, I'm never the type to have male friends or anything like that normal work colleagues but that's as far as it got yeah um yeah. so um I remember once I had gone to get um the monthly food and bits for the baby and maybe because I was a bit too long there and then he rang me and he said um video chat me where you are right now so I did I'm like where do you think I am you know I'm where I said I was going and his excuse was well your mom's been looking for you she's been ringing and worried and I was just worried and I thought that's not enough to start screaming to video chat where you are He's even lucky that I'm the type that would do it. Some other ladies would just be, if that's your problem, I told you where I'm going and get over it. Um, Once I went to work, he um, maybe he didn't believe that. (laughs) I remember um, once saying I'm in traffic, he rang and video chatted. Thank God my daughter was with me so she could hold it. I said, where do you think I am? So these were all these little things, but we're already married and I'm thinking, I don't understand why he's anxious um there was no reasons I think if I was that type um I could understand but what I didn't know and that I knew later on was he had mental issues mm-hmm. um, I, he had never shown a sign before but obviously he was now beginning to have an episode um what triggered it so bad was both his parents passed away in the space of two months and it was just hell, basically, because he held, he did something to the front door. So to to go out, I needed his permission because only his keys worked. To get in, even if it was raining heavily, he would take his time. You could hear he's at the door, but you can figure out that he's checking that there's nobody else with you. Wow. And um, he did this with myself and the kids. And um, if myself and my daughter were having a joke, he needed to know what we were laughing about. He wanted to be in all the time on all the conversations. And he just stopped work. He said he couldn't study and work because he, he had always said he wanted to study. I said, okay, fine. If it's just for about six, seven months, I'm sure I can cope on my wages for both of us. But he never went back to work. He finished the two courses he wanted to do. I even typed his assignments for him because I can touch type. So I thought, oh, let me just help. Yeah. It was just, everything just went downhill. Um, mm-hmm. He would, um, apart from locking the door, I remember having a hysterectomy because I got really poorly after my third child. Okay. He didn't come to the hospital. Instead, he would keep on calling me like, when are you coming home? And I'm thinking, I've just had a major operation. Where do you want me? How you know, quickly do you expect me to get back home? Yeah. And he then tried to stop me talking to many people, a lot of my old friends. He stopped me to delete my Facebook, even though I never really used it. Um, 
just just so to this take control guy, of everything. Yeah. Exactly. This guy was very controlling. So I, I, yeah. I put a couple of things down as you were talking, and thank you so much for that. Um, he, he, he has a problem with trust, trust issues, obviously the fact that he will tell you to video chats where you are and he's screaming and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that, you know, uh, you needed permission to even step out. That's just, uh, preposterous, but, um, this is okay. I, I respect and I understand that you say you wanted to follow, you know, the teachings and lessons of Islam and all of that. However, I know people do say, oh, you can meet someone and stay with, uh, you know, spend 10 years with someone and the person will still be the wrong person. Right. And you can meet someone for like a month or two and 70 years later, you're still together. Right. But in some cases also, maybe a bit of a longer courtship would have even helped, you know, because you, you did say mm-hmm. it was pretty fast within three months, yeah, you know, you're done the Nikai. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't enough time, I suppose. Maybe he didn't show who he was during the dating yeah, process. There was nothing to show. The yeah. only thing I can say that should have made me, but then the way he explained it made me feel comfortable. He did have a previous relationship, so he has got two kids from a previous relationship. Okay. Which, who he they don't he doesn't see them or he doesn't get a chance to see them. But what he said at the time, his side of the story was, he went to work, came back, and his partner and the kids had disappeared. And did he make any he efforts had, to find them? Oh, he did. From the okay. stories I heard, from what he, he said. Yeah, yeah. So because I, I, I've only got one side of the story. Um, the I know yeah. when we got together, I know mm-hmm. he would get a chance to speak to his kids probably once a week, but then okay. it, it was very off and on. Um, it really depend. I don't know. He, you know, his side would be dependent on how the mother felt whether he could see. But then he said he obviously had a mental breakdown from that, which anybody would have if you come back from work and your family have gone. But and, and if that mother, is the truth, and if that's the truth, this is why yeah. when everything came to a head, I, I always said to myself, if I got a chance to speak to his first partner, it would be good to find out what made her leave with the exactly. children. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Because definitely the first uh, partner had, I mean, definitely is the definitely right term, but at least she would have some friends or family or someone, Mm -hmm. you know, so they would also know. But it's a Mm -hmm. case of even, you know, knowing who that first partner was, which can be, Mm -hmm. you know, a needle in a haystack. But, you know, it's a case of knowing who that person is and getting time Mm -hmm. to actually, you know, talk to the person and all of that. But, you know, you've done the best that you could uh, given Mm -hmm. the circumstances. And um, you talk about losing experience within the space of two months. Was he a child when he lost his parents or was he an adult? Oh, no. So in that period of so I was there when he lost both parents. Okay, so it was an it was it was a matured man. Yeah, it was yeah, a grown up man. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I respect that. Yes, people handle you know grief and a lot of things yeah. differently. So that could have contributed to uh, his issues and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I I I I'm this is just me guessing because I mean yeah. I don't know, but I'm guessing it's probably tougher to lose both parents as a child. Um, than as a full-blown adult when you have your own kids already, Mm. you know, when you, I mean, but again, 
I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to judge on that, but no. I just wanted to be sure of how much of effects this had on him when he lost per- his, his parents within the space of two months. If it was, you know, a teenager, if it was a kid, yeah. or if it was, you know, maybe even in his early twenties. Clearly, that wasn't the case. It was a full-blown man with with with, with kids, with two kids, mm-hmm. and then of course with the baby you have together with him, uh, three mm-hmm. kids. But yeah. Okay, so um, you had uh, you went to hospital. And he didn't think it was necessary for him to come. That was another red well, flag. Like, he, was, he was looking after my little one. Um, okay. But And then, like, luckily for me, my parents were around. So my mom was in hospital all the time. And my son okay. was old enough to come. Um, okay. But there was a lot going on in his head by this time because he thought my brother was going to hurt him. So it was... I he was really pleased that I missed my brother's 40th and I only missed it because I was in hospital and the the op fell on the same weekend that they were doing a surprise party for my brother and I was gutted but for him it was perfect because he he didn't want me to go so yeah he didn't want me to go so was trying to isolate you as well not just isolating you from friends isolating from your family yeah oh yeah yeah he always had something to say always um, Anyway, huh. when it came to our head, the last, the final straw was um, I had got back from work and he said, if my kids don't leave, something would happen. And at first I ignored him because I was just thinking he's in one of those moods again. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, but then he started pacing the house and said, they have to leave. Oh, not so so I, I told my son to get hold of his dad. Thankfully, his dad was around pick okay. them up without any questions which i'm really grateful for um yeah because my other ex can be funny but he just came picked up the kids and left um mm-hmm. and then what my ex <laughs> proceeded to do is go through the kids room came up with my sons i don't know if it was a fan saying oh we can borrow this till when they get back and i was like they're not going for long you wanted them out for you know one night obviously i'm worried well he just wanted them out for at least a month but i thought i can't live without my kids you met me when i had them uh-huh. and you always said you had no problems with them he went through my daughter's room found some dollars he goes did you know your daughter i was like yes because she got it from a party she had gone to a wedding with her dad and i knew uh-huh. about the money and then um, what I did is I just had the night with my little one. And mm-hmm. then on my way to work the next morning, I called my mother. She had They had left the country. But my mom was already saying to me before she left, she goes, something is not right. Um, yeah. This is your second mistake. And that really hurt me. But she was frustrated because of the way he was behaving with her because I know at one point he did upset her and she rang me crying and said you've made your second mistake so Mm. um, you know that broke my heart but I remember I just rang my mom I was like look he's kicked the kids out I don't know what what to do so she rang my brother my brother went ape um then my brother I I finished work on that day. My brother called a family friend that he knew I would listen to because I said to my brother not to worry. I'm sure I'll be able to sort it out. But I knew my brother knew I couldn't. Yeah. So that family friend of mine just went mad at me and said, you never let a man come between you and your kids. Never. Absolutely. And then I said to her, it wasn't about getting anyone between my kids. I was scared and I'd Mm -hmm. rather they be safe uh-huh. And spending the night and waiting to see what he would do next. It wasn't worth it for me. Yeah. Anyway, um, 
in the evening I got back and I was I had psyched myself out so I was bored enough and said look the kids are coming back he just went mad up and down the stairs why can't they stay with their dad what's wrong with them and I was like why do they aggravate you you know so much anyway my brother obviously your kids are growing up now so you probably can't stand grown-ups around him probably you know Yeah. yeah so um my brother got came down um he had locked the door so this is my ex had locked the door so I couldn't he couldn't let my brother in he said he wouldn't let him him in Oh. And I was just like, but I need to speak to my brother. He said, well, you then have to go. I was like, I'm not going out because my little one's there. Because exactly. I, by this time, I knew how angry he was. Anyway, he, my brother calls the police by this time saying my, that I've been um, falsely imprisoned. Good. And my ex calls the police and said, my brother has weapons and he's scared for his life. So then I had <laughs> the choice to ring the police, oh. screaming down the phone saying, my brother has no weapons. And I just kept on thinking, if we were... Thankfully, America, this is UK. Yeah. I, I even remember shouting. I was like, have you even thought about what you've just done? I had exactly. lost my voice by this time. I did not care what, what next was going to happen to me. There were just so many things leading up to that night because I by this time I wasn't allowed to wear certain things. He, I had to show him before I bought clothes. Oh, my um, goodness. He, he would stand next to me and give me bitter cola and ginger for me to lose weight i had to eat that every day right in front of him um he would what a controlling guy yeah if he was gonna abuse me you know verbally abuse me he would be so deep that i'll be in so much pain from the words he was using and he uses yoruba right um, he would say it in English. He would say it in, in English. English. Okay. Yeah, is, yeah, he, yeah, well, yeah. Is, is he a Yoruba guy? He's a Yoruba guy. Yeah, yeah. But okay. he would say it in English. Because I um, know it's it's different when it's when yeah, it's you know Yoruba. when the insults are in Yoruba, it's different. He would say it in English. <laughs> um, but it's the disgust that way he will look at me as well when he's when he's insulting me. Um, and you are an established woman, a pharmacist, a yeah. mother. And he was doing, and there's nothing wrong with being a security guard. With all due respect yeah. to people that chose to do that job, there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. But yeah. the fact that you weren't only a pharmacist, but you were also doing direct selling, you know, basically yeah. making a way for yourself. And you got right. together with him. This guy should actually have learned from you. Oh, my goodness. I love my wife so much. This is what she's doing. Superwoman. Da, 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 da. What can I learn from her? But instead... He was getting paranoid over nothing. Yeah. He was, uh, he he was insecure over nothing. He stopped right. you from the direct selling. Oh, yeah, he stopped Ugh, that. He stopped what a guy. He stopped that. He stopped that. He, he went on and on till I had to stop. Um, wow. And then, yeah, so when um, I then called the police, going mm-hmm. back to that story, um, they eventually knew something was wrong, so they had to calm down. Mm-hmm. Um, they came but he had locked the door and wouldn't open the door for them so he was given a warning outside that if he didn't open the door within minutes he'll be in trouble so he opened the door they separated us I was put in the reception and he was put in the kitchen you could see the in from the kitchen to reception you can see what's going on in the kitchen because you've got clear doors Okay. Okay. Um, so they told him to sit down because obviously they needed to take control of the situation. Yeah. So I went on to explain bits and pieces of what was going on, but he kept on getting up. Oh, I need to get my charger, and I need. And they kept on saying, "You need to stay where we've put you." 
Um, I don't think it was 10 minutes when one of the police women said to me, how long has he been controlling you? Because I can see everything. <laughs> and, you know, I just, you know, I looked at her. She goes, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I've seen it so many times and mm. I can see it here. Anyway, he wouldn't then, I think he got up again and they got angry and they handcuffed him. Mm. But what they didn't realize was he had the keys to the house and he had locked them in the house. Jeez. So when it was time to take him out, he would not release the key and they couldn't find it on him. So they had to call back up and get our door broken. So wow. it was just such a palaver. But by this time I was numb, tired. Um, yeah, anyone would be. Yeah, just had my little one there. And I just knew from that moment I was done. But I think I had a bit of adrenaline and felt nothing. But when everything... You know, when you start thinking about it after they took him away that night, um, I just fear set in. So I was now like, okay, I know I don't want him back in the house. What am I now going to do? So um, I think the next day the police rang and said they were going to charge him. But then they found out on his history that he had some kind of mental health. So he got sectioned under the mental health um, uh, act for a right. month. Right, and, and by this time, obviously, his family now were involved because my mother had to ring one of his siblings and said, "Look, this is what's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys need to sort your brother out." Um, and he's not been back since. I mean, he's tried to come back, but I was able to get a non-molestation order for a year. That gave me enough time to recover, you know, get yeah. myself normal, sort the children out. Well I got my done. kids back that night thankfully um yeah. or the next night so not the night he was taken away the next night um right. and they were so unsettled because they're teenagers they were so unsettled even though they were with their dad they weren't comfortable hmm. um my second born just kept on crying she goes I've always lived with you I don't want to live with dad and I was like honestly I'll sort it out anyway they came back the next night okay. um mentally it's affected my second born so if there's any stress any mm-hmm. anything that stresses her out her body reacts to it so she'll get like hand tremors okay. um it's just been sad we've had to go into hospital and out so many times for appointment just to make sure she's okay but how she about therapy how about therapy okay. even so, for all of you i've had therapy well a little bit my son says he's okay, but she wouldn't, you know, my second one wouldn't talk to anyone really. Little by little, I'm getting little bits of information out of her when she feels comfortable to talk. I mean, we're in a better place. That's than nice. We were. And what I've noticed with her is she's more vocal with how she feels. And I think that's her way of dealing with stuff. So yeah. if she sees something she doesn't like, she doesn't keep quiet anymore. She'll just say it. She'll just say it. Um, that's good. Yeah, but I still think therapy is still good. If, you know, yeah, even yeah. though your son says it's good, but I mean, it's, to be honest, I don't think it will hurt, you know. Yeah, uh, it would be nice if they can still do it um, yeah. for, for, for a couple of times. It would really, it would really be nice given the experience they've had with this man, this Mr. Doe, this you know, yeah. second husband, you know. So yeah. Um, how long were you married to him for this man, yeah. the second husband? Well, about four years, if I'm thinking of the Nikah. It was about okay. four years. Yeah. Four years, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but obviously it's just separation for now. So there's yeah. no divorce yet. No, yet, no. 
Okay. But this is this something that you think you would do in terms of the divorce? Would you oh, proceed yeah, yeah, yeah. with a divorce? Oh, 100%. I will. It's just I've got Excellent. other priorities in terms of my <laughs> life right now. So as long Excellent. as, he, he, you know, he understands there's nothing. Obviously, he's... Yeah. He's better now and he's asked to but I know that I'm done. So, and he yeah. understands it now. Um, but yeah, he wouldn't, I know he won't divorce me. I have to do it. So once mm. I've sorted myself out, then I will. And your, your in-laws, your, I mean, his, his family, did, do, yeah. do they know about his mental state? Well, apparently they always knew. So that's And when, they didn't say anything to you. So that was another thing he did. He isolated me from his family. If they ever oh sent me goodness. a message, he wanted to read the message. Oh so, my I goodness. so I couldn't speak freely to any of, of them. But this was way into the relationship. It was one of those ones where his older brother is just, what, maybe 10, 15 minutes away. But he painted his older brother in a way like a monster, if I put it that way. The way he mm. was, you know, as if the person has no emotion. And since this has happened i've gotten to know his older brother and he's, he's not a bad guy at all oh, i was dear. closer to um his brother that lived in the u.s, um, the US and, right yeah. and because yeah, your line is breaking a little bit so if if you hear me re repeating what you're saying is because i'm trying to reiterate yeah. it just because the line went a little bit you know can you hear me now? yeah I, I can yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah. the one in the US when he found out was ringing me frantically because I think he forgot about the time difference. I think he thought uh, I didn't want to pick up the phone. Right. When I woke up in the night after days of not having much sleep, I remember picking up or ringing him. And I was like, oh, I've been looking for you. But then he could hear my voice that it's completely gone. Right. From all the trauma. And he was uh, like, but why didn't you say anything? <laughs> because I wasn't allowed to speak to you. It wasn't oh, like dear. I. So, it yeah. wasn't like you didn't want to speak with them. Yeah, you were, you mm -hmm. were, you were kept away from them. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know what? Um, one thing I want to ask that I think you know anyone that comes across this podcast um, uh, is to know the lessons you've learned uh, because you do say you're much better now. And yeah. also, you know, your kids are good. But of course, as I said, it would be good if they do go into therapy. But what yeah. lessons have you learned by being at this point in time in a good mental state for you and for your for your gorgeous kids? <laughs> well, I think number one for anybody is if something yeah. does not feel right, don't go ahead. There were many times in, in through the whole process at the beginning that I would question and think, oh, am I being overly questioning because of what happened in my first relationship but I think mm -hmm. it's always good to follow your instincts they're there yeah. for a reason yeah they are there yeah. for a reason um I think the second thing is you need to learn to be bold um yeah I can be very very timid in a relationship which isn't good because for them is weakness and they can do what they like yeah so you need absolutely. to be as bold as they are if you're not happy with something you need to be vocal about it absolutely um, and also don't settle for anything that is below what you're looking for it's just yeah. not worth it when i look back i feel like maybe i was just so desperately wanting to be loved um mm. that i didn't see anything else because it has been such a long time yeah. and you know um 
good things come to those who wait. For me, eight yeah. years was a long time, but I, I don't think, I think it was meant to happen, obviously. This is part of my story, but mm-hmm. I was meant to learn a lesson from it. And I yeah. feel those are the things. Just follow your instinct, be bold, and don't settle for anything less than what you want. Not worth Thank it. you so much, Zina. Thank you for sharing the story. But yeah, I hear you on that instinct, uh, boldness and not settling. And you know what? I, I mean, I'm not going to fault you as well because our society, um, I mean, not just in Nigeria or Africa or whatever, lots of societies, you know, marriage is a big deal in the sense mm-hmm. of, you know, being married. And when you're not married, you're looked at in one way or the other, that type of situation. Um, but in a lot of other societies, it's really not a big deal. You know, mm-hmm. it's really, really not a big deal as long as you have a, a partner that you you both decide to have a kid or two. Great. You mm-hmm. know, you respect one another. Great. You yeah. know, so or even as long as you're happy being on your own. Great. Yeah. You know, life, life goes on. So I do applaud you that you've actually taken, you know, this bold step. Um, you know, of saying it's a separation, yes, and the divorce is going to come through once you put a couple of things together, and it's a no-no with him even one, wanting to 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 come back. It's definitely not going to happen. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, well done. Uh, I'm I'm happy that his family also are aware of his mental state, and I do hope for his own good, he also goes to get the help that he needs, so he doesn't do that yeah. to any other woman that comes. You know his way. Um, yeah. For some reason, I'm really feeling like you should. You know, if you're if 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 you do get a chance, if you're lucky to to you know probably meet his first wife, maybe you guys yeah. can exchange notes on what exactly happened. Did you really leave? Uh, yeah. Was he not at home when you left? What happened? You know, yeah. stuff like that. But yeah. uh, if if that doesn't happen, it's it's absolutely fine. You've got your little angels. Um, I mean, your first two children are not little anymore. But mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've got the little angel, of course, uh, to yeah. to to worry about, and three of them to give them the best. And you know, mm-hmm. you be the best for it. And the right person for you would be would would come along, as they always say, when you least expect. You mm-hmm. know, well, we'll so, see. and you never know it could be any time doesn't even have to be now and it could even be now it just it 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 happens they say you know as long as you know your mind is pure your heart is pure I mean Mm -hmm. why not you know and if you you desire happiness you will get that happiness and happiness Mm -hmm. comes in different form it's it's it starts with you at the end of the day you know your happiness Mm -hmm. starts with you and you know when you're good for yourself you'll be good for your kids and you'll be good for your partner, wherever that is. And, you know, you've seen all the red flags now. I'm sure uh, when, you know, the right person comes and or maybe when the next person comes, I should say, you would know if it's the right person or not. Right. Once you, you know, you see a couple of things uh, right. that would probably, you know, flare up and you'd be like, um, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, not for me. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know. But um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your stories, Zina. Um, it is the uh, Domestic Violence uh, Awareness Month, and uh, we at Blue Citroen are happy to, you know, welcome people, um, men and women, that have experienced this in its different forms, you know, emotionally, financially, physically, in all the different forms. Uh, to to share their stories uh, with us and also to let us know how they've been able to, you know, get away from it and be able to find themselves, 
you know, all over again and to be in a better place for themselves and for their kids, for those that have kids. Thank you so, so, so much, Zina. I appreciate you. And it's, you know, thank you for the strength for coming out to actually share because it's not everyone that wants to share their story. And mm -hmm. I think it's important and pivotal if we share stories because we can learn from it. For example, when he asked for your number and you called immediately to make sure that, yes, you actually give him the, the right number. Maybe that's not a red flag because men tend to do that anyway. So well, I've experienced it before, so it was a bit of a shock. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Exactly. But, um, yeah, and obviously maybe within that three months, you did say you didn't see anything. But the moment the baby came, he just switched. And, you yeah. know, it's maybe was already sort of isolating you from his own family during that three months without you knowing. Right. You know, because he was spending more time with you and your family, you yeah. know. So probably his own family wasn't even in the picture. Maybe that could have also been a red flag to say, oh, so... I've met your brother, but we've just only met once or twice. But, you know, is there anything? Can we go for lunch with them? Can I get to know him more? Can I get to know his family if he has, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. So, but I mean, we learn every day, don't we? We learn sure. every day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Zina. I'm not going to take too much of your time again. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Thank you uh, yes, <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, a big thanks to our listeners. Um, yes, this is part of our experiences uh, segment. And until next time, it's been from Blue Citroen. Do enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are. Thank you. Take care and goodbye. <laughs>